What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am your host, Brett McGrath. I do marketing things at The Juice. Are you a member of The Juice? It is the largest library of marketing and sales resources in the world, and it's curated for you. We dropped the state of the B2B podcast listener report last week. It is real data from real people on The Juice. Had a ton of fun putting that together, but we sought out to answer the question, what do listeners really want from branded podcasts? And I think we did a pretty decent job of putting that together. We will put a link in the show notes. Check out the report. Would love feedback. We are here today to talk about how to connect when writing for a new persona. I got Sam Holtzman, who is on the Spiff marketing team, creating content. We dug in. We talked about his background in journalism, the importance of research, how do you get in the minds of different personas that aren't your own. So much good information. I love this conversation. If you like what we're doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a friend that you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. All right. Today's topic is how to connect when writing for a new persona. This is something that has been on my mind a lot recently. Um, we're not all marketing to marketers. And if we all were, the communication back and forth might be easy. We all know the struggles it is to get marketers to do the things that we want marketers to do, but that's a whole nother story. But I'm excited for this conversation. I'm joined by Sam Holtzman, who is the content marketing manager at Spiff. He's going to be sharing a little bit from his perspective, his background, and we're going to just dive right into the topic. But without further ado, Sam, welcome. How are you? I'm great, Brett. Happy to be here. Excited. Maybe we start here. For anyone who's unfamiliar with Spiff, your employer, maybe give the skinny on kind of who Spiff is and what you all do. Yeah, Spiff is a commission automation platform. So for finance and admins, we make it easy to automate really complex commission plans. And then for salespeople, we give them, you know, way more transparency into their commission and the platform makes it easy for them to access and understand their commission information in real time. Well, transparency is important, especially with salespeople when they're trying to get paid. Sure. So I, I, def, I definitely understand the use case. And I think maybe just for the audience's perspective, I think one way to maybe set the stage is like talking about this, like Sam is a marketer, the audiences of Spiff aren't marketing people. Maybe put some definition before we dig into the topic itself, like just so everyone knows, like Spiff's audience, who are you communicating to? And essentially like who is Spiff selling to? Yeah. So, I mean, Spiff is selling primarily to people, finance and rev ops leaders, people who are going to be managing kind of complex commission plans. But then from an audience perspective, because our platform also, you know, is engaged with by salespeople themselves on the end user side, we do write to that audience as well. So it's, it's kind of a big audience because I think, you know, our platform has a lot of benefits for, for both sides of the fence. Yeah. And I just wanted to call that up front just so people understood kind of who you're writing for, because I, that'll be a big topic for the conversation. But maybe we start here. I think what was interesting about you that has in the last two years, I've been having these sorts of conversations is a common thread that's come up in a lot of these calls is just like your background in journalism. 
And I feel like a lot of the, my favorite marketers that I meet come from like a background in journalism, studied it, maybe wrote for a paper, did that sort of thing. But I'd love to maybe understand just like with journalism in your background, what you think about and what you pull from that discipline as you're looking to create content for Spiff's audience. Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say my background, um, is definitely what I would call writer first, marketer second. Like I was always passionate about writing from a young age. And then I went to school for journalism. I did a lot of different kinds of writing on my own. So when I got into B2B content marketing, I was definitely someone with a strong foundation of writing skills, but the marketing world was new to me. And what I took from that, I, I guess I would say that my background has given me two things, which I've kind of kept with me through the however many six or seven years of my career so far from a writing perspective. The first, and I, I guess I'd call this like journalism 101 stuff. Like I remember the classes I would take in journalism school where, or college where professors would like pick apart every single word in a short little 200 word news story that I thought was like impossible to mess up because it was so structured and regimented and it would drive me crazy. But what I took from that is how difficult it can be to write with clarity and specificity, like at the same time, like to include the right details and very specific details, but in a way that's clean and not convoluted. That's a big one for me because when you get into business writing, especially B2B copy, copywriting, it's really easy to fall into that trap where you're being overly general and you're falling back on you know, the repetitive marketing language, which sounds fine, but doesn't really mean anything. You can, you can fall into that a lot with B2B copywriting. So being able to write with specificity, like that's a really big one. And then, you know, there's the other kind of writing I've done, which is much more creative and narrative driven and personal. And I guess what I took from that, you know, whatever audience you're writing for, if you're writing content to be consumed, like on the internet and not you know, a business memo, you should inject some kind of personality into your writing, which is actually how I like catch myself when I'm being lazy, because I've been doing this long enough that, you know, I can write an article and make a few decent points and structure it correctly and use all the right keywords and all the right places. But the writing itself is kind of on autopilot. And when I catch myself doing that, that's when I know I'm either being lazy or I'm a little burnt out because I think even B2B finance content should have some personality in it, which I think can be misconstrued a bit. Like, I feel like people say that a lot, but they often think that means, you know, in my otherwise dry B2B finance blog, I'm going to throw a goofy joke in there. And that's personality. And that almost always ends up having like the wrong effect and taking people out of it. For me, like writing with personality basically just means acknowledging that you're a human being writing this for another human being. And both the writer and the reader are both people who exist outside of this blog post about sales commission programs, and they have their own interests and hobbies and personal lives. And 95% of the time, that's not relevant. I'm not saying, you know, I go off the rails and get super personal in a best practices blog post. But I think if you can find that 5% of the time to inject a little of your own unique humanity into it, I think people respond to that regardless of audience. So I would say that that's, those are kind of the two things I've taken with me. It's less about this type of writing is creative and personal. 
and this type of writing is informational and professional. It's really just about like how much you're turning the dial on each of those things based on what kind of writing you're doing. I love all of that and just digging into it maybe one step further. I'm interested in the being specific and injecting personality and the balance between those two, because as you described in my thought uh, of the, I, I believe in what you said, but I think anyone listening might isolate those two things and think like, how does one work with the other or how does the other work with, you know, the one, like, I'm curious just on your end, when you're kind of thinking and you're getting in creation mode, how do you make sure what you're communicating to in your audience, how do you make sure that it's specific and it's going to be engaging, but then also have you inject kind of that that personal nature or the fact that you're a human in your approach? Like, is there anything specifically that you do to kind of balance the two together when you're creating a new piece of content? Yeah, so I would say on the specificity side, using the words that your audience uses and really kind of, if you're writing about a certain topic, especially, you know, I'm not writing for a really niche audience, you know, I'm writing for finance and salespeople. And that basically just means there's going to be a lot of content out there about probably whatever I'm writing about. I'm always trying to put a unique spin on something. But there's going to be a lot of different types of content about that that's already available that they've already engaged with. So you want to really kind of prove that what you're writing has value through the specificity of the language you're using. If you're you're talking about a broad overarching topic, you should give examples that are really pinpoint and put you into a situation. If you're writing about, you know, I don't know, cold calling for a salesperson you can make all the right points that maybe are unique, maybe they've seen them before, but if you include some really specific examples that maybe put them into a scenario that they can kind of visualize and relate to and say, oh yeah, that is what that's like, that kind of grounds them in something very specific. And then from the kind of the personality side, it's really stuff as simple as like, I wrote a blog post the other day and in the conclusion, I used like a basketball metaphor in like one sentence like it was like a one-line thing that to me worked better than using a more businessy metaphor and you know the per the per maybe the person reading it is a basketball fan and they were like oh huh that's cool or maybe not but i think either way whether a kind of specific unique personal thing like that Re resonates with someone directly i think people i think people resonate with that in general the fact that somebody did something that they wanted to do here this is a writer speaking to me it's not kind of like a perfectly structured piece of marketing content that hits all the right points but has no like life to it i think about the cfo reading that blog post who is a NBA fan and a uh, right. leagues league pass subscriber. And, you know, at, that, that, that might not resonate with every reader that you're trying to communicate with, but there might be a few that it really resonates with. And that can be the difference in getting those people to continue the journey with the content that you're producing. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess I, I always thought about it. This is a much more specific, like bigger example, but I was writing this article 
and this is like years ago, but it's the most obvious example that came to mind. I was reading some article about B2B marketing as like a blend of art and science, which I guess is kind of meta since it's literally like kind of what we're talking about right now. But I went into this semi little tangent example about the show Mad Men. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there, there's a scene where the main guy, Don Draper and Mad Men, he's doing a pitch for I think it's like a Kodak projector. And he starts talking about nostalgia and memory. And it's like this big symbolic moment in the show and it worked for the article i was writing like the example made sense but i included it because i had watched that episode of the show the night before i wrote the article and i just had it on my mind like that moment in the show was affecting to me in some way that it would stick out in my mind a day later and maybe someone reading it knew the reference and i caught their attention and maybe not but even if not i think including things like that can build connections with readers you know it's not about literally including a pop culture reference or including a sports reference it's just more you know this is a piece of business writing we both know that technically this is a piece of a broader marketing strategy you know that the reader probably knows that but also you know i'm a guy who likes a tv show and maybe you are too like we're still kind of trying to connect as human beings here I might overdo this sometimes, but I maybe because for me, it it's less of a challenge because I'm writing for people like me, but I oftentimes lead with those examples that are yeah. from something that I just read, saw, or just thought about, and then try to tie it back into something marketing related. And it's, it's, it's easy for me to do because I feel like I understand the people on the other end better because they're like me. And so the odds of it resonating, I think are higher, but I'm curious on your end, maybe like chat, like you are not a CFO finance person, a salesperson, like you are a journalist who likes to write who ended up in B2B, who are creating these articles to try to catch people's attention. Like maybe talk a little bit about, since you are not the individual who you're writing for, like what sort of challenges present itself that you have to think about when you're writing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a big challenge for sure. Like even if I have general philosophies about writing that kind of hold true or whatever, writing for people in other disciplines is you know, it brings a lot of challenges because, I mean, it is kind of weird, right? Like it's one thing if you're a sales leader with a blog and you're talking to salespeople, but like you said, ultimately a lot of the content I've written, I'm a writer, I'm a marketing professional. I'm not a finance executive, not even a marketing executive. So even if you're skilled at presenting your ideas through writing, you really have to prove that your ideas have value. Like why, why are you someone whose ideas should be taken seriously when you're writing about job function or a role that you haven't sat in yourself. And, you know, I mean, I've written, I've written technical content for an IT audience and IT people are incredibly intelligent when it comes to talking about technology. So if you're being superficial, it's like, like you're, you're, you're found out right away and you're pretty screwed. So there is a there is a big learning curve, no matter what new audience you're trying to break into. I would imagine based on your background in journalism, a part of your process is research and 
understanding sure. deeply the people you're trying to reach. So maybe feel like research isn't the sexiest topic, but I do think it deserves some airtime in a conversation like this. So I'd love to maybe learn a little bit about your process to research. Like how is it integrated into your overall workflow? What are the sorts of things that you do to research regularly? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely worth talking about because research is the key, but I think there are different types of research and I think some are more valuable than others and some are more valuable at different times. So obviously for whatever specific piece you're writing, you're going to do a lot of really targeted research, but in terms of general stuff, like learning an audience, learning how to engage with an audience, you know, obviously reading relevant news articles and other high quality publications that your audience engages with, like Forbes and Gartner and Forrester, stuff that you can trust. That's big. Reading more extensive in-depth market research into like the most current trends that will tell you a lot about what's relevant to your audience for sure also and i think maybe more importantly like speaking to people directly you know if you write for salespeople or finance people talking to people on those teams like internally within your organization or from other organizations if you get the chance i think that's super valuable and that I consider research as well, just because those are the people that are going to help you distinguish between marketing and something that will actually connect with your audience. Like I remember to bring it back to like writing for an IT audience at one of my previous jobs, we had some big campaign we were working on and I forget like the terminology we used, but we were basically like making an effort to like coin a certain phrase or use a keyword in a certain way. We had it all figured out. And it all looked great. Like there were great like designs. It was catchy. It was all this stuff. And one of our IT leaders who had a ton of experience in that world, he just kind of caught wind of it and was just like, look, no one in IT says that. Like, like w- they talk about what you're talking about, but they don't say it, they don't say it like this and they're not going to. They're going to see this and it, they're not going to engage with it. And so those conversations are so valuable because you can have you can have every like strategic marketing reason to do something but then sometimes it just comes down to like yeah that's just not how that's not how our audience talks about it so i think that's super important and can be humbling at times too but definitely valuable i've been in those shoes before so we're talking about maybe like getting in the mind of the people that you're writing for like what they would say what they wouldn't say and trying to craft communication to, to those people. I'd love to maybe, I, I love what you said about meeting with those people on your team, like whether it's sales, finance, and just try to get some understanding. I would imagine most of the people listening are whoever they're communicating to and whoever their audience is likely has that function with inside their team. Like what are your recommended best practices in order to like, maybe like have those conversations cross-functionally and like, how do you like, how do you tee those up? Like what is like a format structure? Is it informal? Like talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I would say, and to give some background, like I've been at Spiff for, you know, only three or four months now. So I can, the, my first couple of weeks are still very fresh in my mind, but at the starting point, when you're really trying to like learn a new audience, I like to kind of have basically general conversations with people in those fields, I talk to, you know, some finance and sales people here. And it's much less like, 
hey, I'm writing this article about X, Y, Z for a sales audience. What are your What are your thoughts on that? You should You should still do that. That would be valuable. That's like valuable. But I think having kind of broader conversations with people in those audience about what they do on a day to day basis and just kind of just naturally having that conversation and hearing how they talk about things, like not things that you're teeing up for them to give your their take on, mm. but just kind of like, how does a salesperson talk about what they do on a day-to-day basis? How is that different than maybe I've written about it before? What are the things that they really care about and think about and worry about? And how is it maybe different than something that I would write where I'm trying pres- to present a problem as some massive problem when really it's not really, they don't really care about it. They might worry about it a little bit, but there's actually this other problem that they talk about all the time. And when you have really like general conversations like that, those things are just going to come up. You're not, you're not teeing them up to come up and that, that stuff, the more conversations like that, that you have really informal kind of person to person conversations. I think that's how you kind of get into the minds of the audience, so to speak. You said something when we met about making sure that whenever you're creating an individual piece of content, you always like lead with this question in your mind. And that was, what does the person want out of this? Maybe talk about that and how you use it and just how that gets applied to your overall kind of writing and creative process. For sure. Yeah. I mean, ultimately everyone wants the same thing from everything they read or consume, which is don't, don't waste my time, which sounds obvious, but I think it's kind of the key. Any audience you're writing towards, they want to read your stuff. And when they close the tab, they leave with something that's either thought provoking or useful to them, like actionably useful to them in their specific job or in their life even, but something. So like I I wrote recently an article about ways that salespeople can re-engage with cold prospect, cold prospects, like prospects that have gone cold on them. So if I'm a salesperson and I'm taking the time to read that, you better give me a new idea about how I can reach out to a cold prospect. You better give me something to chew on. This better not be an article that could have been written in 2005 because all the ideas are so obvious and like sales 101. And not every idea is going to be new to everybody, depending on their experience. I'm sure people read that article and we're like, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, no, duh, that one's obvious. But maybe there's an idea or two in there that make them go, huh, like I didn't think about that. Or I've thought about that, but not in the way you're presenting it. That's interesting. This research that you've included as context for this idea you're presenting, I've never seen that before. That makes me think about things a little bit differently. So that's really the goal. Like people want to be engaged and they want you to give them something they can actually take into their work lives with them, whether they like literally implement a technique that you're recommending or they just see a topic a little bit differently than they did before they read your content. And that's hard. I mean, I'm definitely not successful every time because I know the amount of stuff that I read and my eyes just glaze over. And it's like, it's a fine piece of content, but I don't get anything new from it. So it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge, but that's what makes it kind of like a puzzle to solve every time you, every time you write something new. How do you know when something that you are writing and has been published 
how do you know that it's resonating and it's working? I think this is one of the hardest parts of being like isolated and publishing regularly. There's, yeah, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, marketing team tracks in terms of performance, but I guess, how do you, how do you monitor and know if you're striking the right chord or not? Yeah. I think it's interesting. You phrase the question that way, because I think often what's resonating and what's working when you're in marketing, there's a lot of different definitions to those two things. When you're talking about what's working, there are a lot of results driven answers. I could give you to that question, whether, you know, how a piece is performing from an SEO perspective or whether something that's an ebook or more product specific is generating leads or, you know, kind of the larger pipeline goals that all our content is servicing. But speaking in terms of what resonates, if people are really engaging with the content on social media or, you know, in other places, if people who have no ties to me or our company, if they're responding to content and they're sharing it and saying, Hey, this was interesting. I like this point here. Even if it's like a couple people and, and, and not maybe the biggest number of people, maybe you have certain pieces that get a lot more organic traffic, but when you actually see that, or if people read one piece of content and they engage with it and then they stick around, if you have a newsletter or something and they subscribe to that, or they start sharing your content regularly, that to me is really important because I feel like so much engagement is manufactured or forced and there's so much stuff on the internet for every single audience. Like I said before, like most of the content I create, I hope it's fresh and unique, but I'm writing for pretty broad audiences. So there will be similar articles. Some will be good. Some will be bad. Some will be like written by robots. So if something can break through that noise and you see tangibly like real people in your audience genuinely engaging with it, asking questions about it, giving their thoughts about it, even disagreeing with it. And if that engagement can last more than a day or a week or, you know, how fast content like turns around today, I think that that's a sign that you're, you're doing something right. So you're new at your role at Spiff. You're exploring these audiences while also trying to I'm sure put some points on the board by creating uh, new articles. I, I'm curious in this time frame, do you have any specific examples that you'd call out in terms of like, you know, everything that you talked about today and the kind of deliverable or the artifact or article on the, on the other side, like did all the right things or the things that you looked for it to accomplish. And it might not have been something immediately, but just like, you know, a week or so down the road? Yeah, I can think of a couple examples. I would say I, I already briefly mentioned an article I wrote about kind of uh, sales cold prospects and tips for salespeople to kind of re-engage with potential prospects that they've lost track of. And I remember that was the first one where somebody had commented on LinkedIn or shared it. I think it was like a sales manager. And I remember he said something like, oh, I'm going to try number seven on this list. Like, and I remember being like, oh, that's cool. Because, you know, when you're doing these kind of best practices style pieces and you're writing for a different audience, I think you always have a little bit of like imposter syndrome where you're kind of like, am, is there really any value to this? Am I really providing new ideas? They, they 
to me, they feel like good ideas, but to what extent are salespeople going to read this and be like, yeah, we know, I get it. I know that. I know that. So to see someone actually be like, Hey, I engaged with this piece of content and something that you told me was a good idea in here really interests me. And I'm going to like, actually, you know, I'm going to bookmark that away and I'm going to actually try it. That that's, that was like a cool moment for me, like stuff where you're trying to be actionable and give advice on a certain topic. So when someone is actually like, Hey, yeah, I am going to try that. That is cool to me. And then also um, a recent piece, I've written a, a lot of content about AI recently, kind of the role that AI plays in finance professionals, day-to-day jobs, you know, commission management specifically, but kind of more broad AI topics. And something similar happened where someone had engaged with that on LinkedIn or on some social media platform, and they left a pretty like thorough comment kind of with their thoughts on AI and kind of agreeing with some of the things in the article, maybe asking questions about a couple of the other things in the article. But that's cool to me too, where it's like something can be a conversation starter. And that's, that's super valuable. So many good uh, nuggets in this one. Hopefully you all out there have some understanding a little bit deeper about how you can connect with your audience. Sam, this was a ton of fun. Appreciate the insight. Thanks for coming on. We'll have to do this again. Hey, thanks so much, Brett. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, I can't wait to do it again. Really enjoyed that chat with Sam. Love the way he thinks about content, how he approaches understanding the people who he's writing for. Shout out to Sam. Shout out to the Spiff team. We'll be back with more Modern Day Marketer next week. You take care until then.